Hello, I'm Georgina Robinson. And I'm Tom Deason. Welcome to the Rugby World Cup Daily. Coming to you from Japan every day throughout the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Hello and welcome to another edition of Rugby World Cup Daily. I'm Georgina Robinson. I've um, sacked off Tom Deason. Wasn't much good, wasn't really working out. And I've got a special guest on this week. His name is Greg Peterson. He's a Sydney boy who is playing his second World Cup mm-hmm. with the USA Eagles. Welcome, Greg. G'day. How are you? Thank you. Doing very good. Very good. That's good. Tell us first off um, how you came to be playing for the USA Eagles. Um, it really started with just uh, an email back in 2013. Um, I was in Chicago doing some uh, training before the Waratahs preseason at a, a facility called TC Boost. And I actually met with Tristan Lewis, the general manager of the team. We had a great chat and, you know, he just told me everything about USA Rugby, what the boys are about. Just gave me a real good layout um, of what USA Rugby was about. And um, from there, they uh, they sent me an email to select me in their upcoming November test. But I was I was contracted to the Waratahs, so that'd be a big, uh, big red flag. Didn't even have that have that chat with Michael Checker, the coach no, at the time. No, 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 no. I was I was still very firmly. It was it was really just a reach out to USA Rugby. And and listen, um, that's because your father's American. D- uh, did you have citizenship as well? Were you born there? Or? Yeah, both my parents are American, okay. so I'm a citizen. I've got a social security number, a passport, everything. So I get the quick line where everyone else gets the slow line. Um, so, yeah, I like, grew up in an American household and everything. So it's still wow. very American at heart. Um, but obviously, you know, every kid's dream growing up was to play for the Wallabies. Mm. Um, that dream started to fade towards the end of 2014. Um, you know, the career kind of wasn't really going anywhere within uh, Australia. And there was an opportunity to play in Europe. Of course, with their visa laws and stuff like that, I needed to be considered an elite player. Um, and that's when USA came knocking again. They invited me to join them on their 2014 November tour, um, came off the bench against Romania in Romania. Um, and then really the rest is history. Um, 2015 yeah, just, World Cup? Uh, yeah, yeah, 2015 World Cup. I think towards the end of that, I got 10 caps total or something like that. So I was still very fresh to the entire setup. Um, but yeah, that was, that was an incredible experience. Um, don't get nervous before a game really. And you know, that first game against Samoa, they had some very big boys and they ran it very straight and, you know, I was still, still very much a young pup then. Um, but I loved every second of it, you know, that, that there was a very challenging period of time for, um, the USA Eagles, um, a very challenging world cup because we had quite a good pool, um, but we've really turned it around the past four years and we're in, we're in good stead now. But listen, you have a really good pull this time around. I was looking at your, your draw. You, you had some tough losses to England and France. You play Argentina on Wednesday mm. and, and then, you, then you play Tonga in your final pool match. I mean, if you're, if you're an emerging nation or a tier two nation, that's not an easy pool either. No, no. Like we, we, we finished first time, first time in a long time, we finished as America's one. Um, so it'd be Argentina than us. So we were right behind them. Um, they automatically qualified and we had to go through the selections. We played uh, Canada for the knockout uh, and we beat them. That sent Canada to Uruguay. Uruguay beat them 
and it sent Canada further down, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so we were in a very good spot. And when the pools came out, it's, you know, we get thrown into the pool of death. But, um, you know, as Americans, we relish that challenge. Um, and it's not very often that tier two nations like us get to play these tier one nations week after week after week. Um, we might get one, maybe two a year. Um, and that's really where you can test yourself. Um, it's, it's great playing tier two nations and uh, really solidifying performances within that. Um, but to really test yourself, like Ireland last year, we held them up to the, I think the game was still very close up to the 50th, 60th minute and we did all right. Um, and even even England, England was a little bit of a different story. That that wasn't us at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but France, we had them up to the, the 72nd minute. So we've come leaps and bounds to being just a, a road bump, as people used to see us, um, to this uh, this tag of the sleeping giant. Um, you know, we're very much here. We haven't got any wins here yet, but we've got a great game plan this weekend to come up against what will be a very tired Argentina team. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, again, we're looking forward to the challenge. So it was 30, 45-7 lost to England, 33-9 lost to France. But you mentioned the 72nd minute. Um, didn't, you, didn't you play an almost starring role towards the back end of that game? Um, a great break. I tried. I tried. Uh, yeah, I got a... Tell us about that in some detail, as much as you can give me, the French were flying up pretty fast off the line. Um, I was outside our 10, AJ. Um, we were just doing just our basic forward hit up pot out the outside. One of the fenders flew up a little bit too far. Um, I got in behind him and, uh, you know, things happened very fast within the game. Instead of saying anything to AJ, I just I, no, I gave him the wide-eyed look, like, give me the damn ball now. And he, uh, he's a very smart player, so he did. Um, and I just uh, tried to get my stride on down the field. Um, looked left. What I thought I did, I thought I looked right. <laughs> but looking at the film, obviously, I didn't twist my neck to the right enough. Um, I saw two players coming in, and I thought, oh, there's no support. Um, where Ruben Dehasard, reserve nine, he was on my right side. Should have kicked out, given him the ball, but then uh, just carried it in contact. And uh, the number 23, I forgot his name, he just dislodged it as, uh, as I was going to the ground. But, um, Does Ruben let you forget it? No, he's still, he's, he was coming down to the team room after the game, screaming in the right ear to make sure it still worked. Um, I beat myself up for that, and I've made, I've, I've made sure he, he uh, talks a little bit louder, but... You're a tight you know, forward. Like yeah. neck, neck flexibility is the first thing to go right. Yeah, and it's very much when you get in those open spaces, it's also very much panic. So, <laughs> very much panic. But um, it's good you got the wide eye. Give me the ball, look yeah, down, Pat. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not often, but <laughs> I don't need to say anything. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so Argentina on Wednesday. What does success look like for USA? Um, I imagine you're not just going for a win over Tonga. And, I mean, the, Tonga is the only team you're ranked um, higher than in the pool, mm. but I imagine there's quite a bit riding on beating the Pumas mm. here. Of course. If, mm. if we do have in the back of our mind that if, if we beat the Pumas and beat Tonga, um, that I think we potentially qualify for the next World Cup. And that's essentially that. And uh, getting out of the pool stages has been our, been our goal. 
Um, we're not coming out here thinking we're going to shock the world and get all the way to the final and stuff like that with every great thing. It's, you know, baby steps. Um, but that's, that's very much our goal to, uh, to qualify for the next World Cup. Um, and it's very much doable. Um, you know, like I said, the, the Pumas will be a little bit tired, probably a little bit rattled from that red card last mm. night. Um, Two players suspended for three weeks each, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So it's it's nuts. But, um, you know, it's what they laid out at the start of the comp. And, yeah, it's unfortunate. We Even we lost to a player to the red card thing. Um, you did too. Yeah, so. John, John Quill. Yeah, good old John Quill. Um, Gone home. Campaign yeah. over. I mean, that must be devastating, actually. Yeah. How did he take that? You know, very tough. He, he'd intended retiring after the World Cup, too. So it was very, very tough for him. Mm. Um, but he's a, he's, he's a great lad. He was rolled on it. He's back on the island, uh, Ireland back now with the family and stuff like that. Family and the missus starting to become a baker, of all things. Um, but he's, he's, he's great, John. We absolutely love him 100%. We knew he didn't do it with any malice or anything like that. He just couldn't pull out of the tackle. It looked bad because he rolled his shoulder and it unfortunately um, got Aaron Farrell in the, in the neck head area. So, you know, like a lot of things. But, um, yeah, yeah. How do you guys, what's your view um, internally on the crackdown on these tackles um, and the particular focus on... I mean, did everyone know it was coming and coming this hard? We, we did. Gary Gold, he's an ex- excellent coach, and he laid it out at the start that if anyone gets a red card, it's automatic three weeks. We got told very clear about that. We've had um, John Clancy, uh, one of the referees, uh, coming in. He comes in and helps out a lot of Tier 2 nations. Um, and he came in. He was with us for a couple weeks in Denver, um, a period in Okinawa, um, so all the boys used his knowledge and wealth um, hugely. Uh, but he also went through the framework of uh, their deciding process of oh, all that crackdown. The infamous framework. It's is, been a, yeah. quite a discussion yeah, discussion point in Australia, right? Exactly. Poor Reese Hodge. Justice yeah. for Hodge. Yeah. In the Australia-Uruguay game, we saw Luke Hahn, Salakai Loto and Adam Coleman sin-binned for um, contact to the head and neck. And, I mean, the Uruguayans, smaller guys, they've got, yeah. they take, they're carrying low. They, yeah. you know, they, they line up the tackler and go low. Mm-hmm. Um, how is a big guy, and you're a big guy, a second rower, um, what can you do? You know, we had On the both s- sides yeah, of the ball, I mean. Very, very much. It's a good question. We, we had the same... same, uh, same not issue, but a uh, problem to solve when we play Japan and the PNC. Um, a lot of their players shoot to the knees, um, so you just throw them down, and then they just release the ball, take the ball, and go through. They did that very well against Ireland, you would have seen. Um, you know, we just had to make sure that you know, you're not making contact with the head. For me, it's, you know, like Reese Hodge, I'm a, I'm a chop tackler. I like to go low, um, unless I get in very close and get you know, uh, uh, surprised, mm-hmm. very much like him, then I'm not really going to tackle high because there is of an arm slipping up and hitting his head and this and that. So yeah. just my, how I've been taught is to always chop low around the legs and stuff like that. I, I get too low and I slide off sometimes. Um, so it doesn't do great for the stats. <laughs> um, thankfully, besides the one incident, we haven't had too many uh, problems with that. Um, but in regards to that, like the Uruguayans being small, they're using it to their advantage too, mm-hmm. you know. 
every team has little unique uh, uh, little things to take uh, take out and take into each game, and they've done it well. They did it well against Fiji, and you know, just it's it's credit to them of um, using their unique talents to, to to beat teams. I'd love to hear your thoughts on 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 the progress of the tier two nations. I'm feel like there needs to be something written about finding a better name than tier two. Um, I don't know, maybe it's emerging or something, something a little more flattering, but this has been the World Cup um, where we've actually seen concrete evidence of a gap closing. Japan, three from three. Mm. Um, Fiji, Uruguay. uh, how How do you see the landscape? I imagine it looks different from inside Camp USA. Of course. Like, I think the main, the huge difference from Camp USA or our side um, has been the introduction of the ARC, um, the America's Rugby Championship. So that has, mm. yeah, USA, Canada, Uruguay, Brazil, and Argentina 15. Um, you know, and that's, that's five, five test matches right there, four cap test matches, but five test match quality games in a period, uh, same period as the Six Nations, that gives you know players more test level um, exposure. So uh, depending on the year and when it is and what the coach wants, he might test a few players out during that period to see how they are, see how they handle, if they actually step up or, or don't step up at all. Um, but it's just more test rugby for the Tier 2 nations. Um, uh, if 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 we can get you know if if tier two nations can get uh, you know ten to twelve matches a year, that in itself will you know solidify um, combinations between players. It means more time in camp, um, and it means the coaches you know get more time to work with the players to improve them. And listen, you're you don't play in major league rugby though. You're applying your trade um, in Europe. <laughs> You've done a stint in France. You're at Glasgow. You're now at Newcastle. Yes. I mean, you are the you're the personification of the the rugby journeyman, Greg. Almost, like, yeah. what a career! Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm sure you didn't. I'm sure you didn't plan it this way. But you might. I mean, you're racking up some impressive stints in in different environments. Yeah, not at not at all. If if someone said to me, you know, in 2012 or 2013 that I was going to be playing up and you know, the, probably the northernmost tip where you can play a high-level rugby in Scotland, Glasgow. Um, I would have said, you're absolutely dreaming. But I, I, I've, I've loved every second of this journey. I've met some incredible people. Um, I've learned so much as a rugby player, as a person. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've absolutely loved it. I, I do say to a lot of the boys... Um, you know, back home or something like that, that may be struggling, you know, try and get over to Europe because you will thoroughly enjoy it. I know it's not, it's away from the home, the family, the comforts and stuff like that. But anybody that I've talked to that has gone over and plied their trade over there, they've, they've never looked back. Um, you know, it's not to me telling people to have a mass exodus out of Australia. Um, I absolutely love my time in the shoot shield at the NRC and everything. And then I think I, I spoke to a bunch of uh, the Australian schoolboys when they played a game, when they played the under-18s Scotland team. A couple of them were like, oh, I should come over to Europe, this, that, and that. And I was like, no, apply your trade there first, go learn and shoot shield, grow up, go through the ranks and stuff like that. Because 
that's where families, that's where the home and, you know. Do you still think it's a good system for developing I think it's. I players? think it's a great system. I think it's an absolutely brilliant system. Um, you know, the Shoot Shield uh, is a very high quality level of rugby. Um, the NRC has been great. I, I absolutely enjoyed it, like I said. And, um, you know, you can see the, the quality players coming out from underneath that. Um, you know, it's probably not as much as anybody would want it and they're not shoot out like spurts, but, you know, these things take time. It, it took me a long time to hit my stride. Um, but you're only, what, 27 now? Uh, 28, yeah. You're 28 yeah. and you've been, you've been overseas for almost five years. I mean, you left young yeah. for a tight forward, right? Yeah. So yeah. how did you feel about it at the time? Were you disappointed or were you just like, what's next? Uh, I was a bit disappointed, um, but the... For me, the door was almost closed. You know, my agent said to me, like, oh, you know, you might have to play club rugby until after the next World Cup and stuff like that. Um, and I wasn't, wasn't too keen on that. I knew I, knew I could do well. And, um, and yeah, I just, I just backed myself and had a gamble. And, and, and yeah, I've, like I said, the, the USA Eagles has given me so much of a career that I've absolutely loved it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm glad I made the decision and the places I've been, like, you know, from the Leicester Tigers to Glasgow Warriors all the way up to, uh, to what well, well, down to Bordeaux and then back up to Newcastle. Well, it's great to catch up with you in Kumagaya. It's nice. It's about 10 degrees cooler than it was when I was here talking to the Uruguayans. Yeah. Um, always great to see an Australian applying their trade overseas. Thank and you. Congratulations and good luck and take down the Pumas for everyone. I'll definitely give it a crack. Thank you.